escaping here. I'm not even supposed to be here today. If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. I'm a trained actor reduced to the stakes of a bomb. Hello, welcome to episode 45 of the Film School Dropouts podcast. My name is Martin Briggs. I'm Andy Martin. And today we're talking about the brand new Bill and Ted movie. Probably one of the only films with a 2020 release date on it, isn't it? For, yeah, you know, it's not for many cinemas. For cinemas, yeah. Certainly one of the only comedies. Um, and it is a straight comedy. Well, I suppose it's a sci-fi comedy, really, but it's more of a comedy yeah. than anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's about as close to a straight-up comedy film as you're likely to see these days. Yeah, and um, I'll get in straight away. It's a pleasant surprise. It's only a PG. What did you think? Did you think it was going to be a higher certificate than that? I I, I kind of thought that it might just go with the modern trend and be a 12. Yeah, even like the Star Wars sequels now are 12, and they were always used certificates, weren't they? Yeah, I don't don't like that either with... um... Something like Star Wars, you really ought to be able to take a fucking six-year-old to see it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. They've, I mean, they've, technically, they've stolen that from six-year-olds, yeah. I think that's well, not... Technically, technically, you still can, because they're 12 A's, aren't they? Oh, right, yeah, well, guidance and all that, but, yeah. I mean... But you're not going to check the film first, and then you're not going to pay 10 quid, go and see the film, and then go pay 10 quid again to take your 12 Yeah, because no, nobody, nobody does that, and nobody would have done that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's too much money, and time as well. Um, and if it's... I don't get it. Like, if you're basically saying it's all right for kids, then yeah. just put a PG on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're not going to check, like you say. You know, it's a yeah. strange... Or even a U, not even PG, because PG means parental guidance. Mm. What it's basically saying is, if you're a bit of a, a fussy, fuddy-duddy moaner, they might say shit in this film once. Don't complain to us because it's got a PG yeah. on it. But you're quite right, though. I mean, PG already meant the same as 12A. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they, if, if, if you take your six-year-olds to see these films, if you, if, say you're perfectly law-abiding and it's their favourite film ever, it's a 12A at the cinema, but when it comes out on DVD, they've got to wait six years to see it because it's not 12A on DVD. It's a straight twelve. So there, there we go. That that's me having my little whinge. Yeah, the order of classification. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Never really, never really have, have they? We did a whole episode on this, which you will be able to get back before too long (laughs) on on video Um, nasties. But we did talk a lot about the BBFC, as you as you would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So, are you like myself? Did you? Did you grow up with the Bill and Ted films? I did first see Bill and Ted when I was young. Yeah, I probably saw Bill and Ted before I saw Wayne's World. Um, yeah. And that's strangely always the film that I compare it to. I don't know if that's just because of the time that they were made. I suppose they were both kind of double acts that liked rock music and were a bit dumb, I suppose. That one, one, of several of the, yeah, one of several at the time, I suppose. If you count Beavis and Butthead as well. Although maybe yeah. you don't, but like, sort of. There's a lot of that, like, double acts and they like music kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they, they were kind of stoner comedies without drugs, if that makes mm. sense. Um, yeah, they would, have, they would have everything that you could have that meant that without actual drugs being involved with yeah. it. But everything else that just meant that would be there. <laughs> yeah. In Wayne's World, the film came after the second Bill and Ted in 91, I believe. 
might have been 92. Um, but it was originally a sketch show on a sketch on Saturday Night Live in 1989. So, so they've both been around at the same time, really. Like, yeah, in the but, but Bill and Ted was definitely first because um, Dana Carvey, who <coughs> played Garth, uh, was unsure about the characters because he thought they were too much like Bill and Ted. So there's a little bit of knowledge. I mean, it's a, it's a fair fair worry as well and i can see how people probably would have said is this not just a bit of a bill and ted ripoff at the time but yeah. obviously it wasn't because one of them like we said one of them's kind of a sci-fi movie and the other, and the other yeah. isn't i suppose when also, there's fantasy elements to it but yeah it's a bit more surreal um opposed to just time travel and sci-fi and um wayne's world the characters are actually meant to be older they're, you know they're not teenagers they're yeah older guys living with their parents still who haven't grown up whereas bill and ted are growing up so there's, there's differences there. Um, and also, one's a fantasy, one's just a daft comedy. So Yeah. Well, they yeah. definitely sit next to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah the characters like, are alike, opposed to the, the films. Like there's lo- loads of similarities and definitely like really of their time. I think yeah. I ended up preferring Wayne's World, but I kind of would have grown up more with Bill and Ted. Um, not unlike when we were talking about the trauma films, um, partly because there was a cartoon as well of Bill, of Bill and Ted. If you, you yeah. probably do remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Alex but, Winter even voiced it. And the, the guy played Bill carried over um, to the first series of the cartoons. So, yeah, um, so I remember one, that book. One thing you got that really stands out, and it's such a, it's such a petty thing. <laughs> it really is. But I was watching this, like, Alex Winter has aged so much by comparison to Keanu Reeves that it's quite yeah. jarring at times. Look at it like, wow. Yeah, he has, but he's still... <laughs> Do you think it's been 30 years since the the first one? He hasn't aged as much as he could have done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and at the same time, yeah. what's weirder about it is, well, why hasn't Keanu Reeves aged at the same rate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's that's not, that's just a natural... I mean, they assume they're about the same age. It's just what's yeah. happened, isn't it? Um, but also, I think Keanu Reeves, I think he looks younger because the last few films we've seen him in, we used to see him with a beard. True. So you know, like if you've got a mate who shaves their beard off, they automatically look ten years older. Possibly Keanu Reeves is. We've got that with him as well. Could be a bit of that. He does have grey in his beard and stuff, doesn't he? When he yeah. Has it, so it looks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, should, should we should we start with faults on the film then? Because there's there's a couple of things that annoyed me. Well, the only thing that really got me, but I went into it not really expecting much from it. I didn't think I was going to have any like particular feelings on it at all um i thought it was just gonna be fine you know it'd be on and then it was off again um but because some bits of it were really quite good it then made the bits that kind of felt a bit tagged on stand out more and i was i was more annoyed by them i think there's just sort of too many little plot lines i mean one example of that is um they've got to save their marriages and it's quite a big deal at the beginning of the film but then for the entirety of the middle part of the movie, it's not a thing at all. And then at the end, they're just like, oh, I do, I do love you. And they're like, yeah, we know. And that's that resolved. I mean, you needn't have brought it up. <laughs> it's, yeah. It shouldn't have been a movie. With, with that, I think that might have possibly been in the film because one of my favourite scenes from it is that there's a scene where they're the marriage um, counsellor. Uh, both couples go to the same marriage guidance um, meeting and I just found that scene, which I thought one of the funniest bits in the film. It is um, one of the funniest bits in the film. Um, so so maybe that was a nice... They could have made that the film, though, that they mm. go on their tra- time travels and learn something and then realise, you know, 
they 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 have to live as individuals as well as a unit. Yeah. But, um, so that could have been the film. Um, yeah. Then there's the other thing they've got to find the song um, to save your old humanity. So it's the sort of the, the main plot, um, and that diverts into sort of the two daughters and their whole thing. And then by the end of it, I sort of thought well, you, you kind of got three films. And it might have been better if you just sort of did one. And I don't, honestly, I wouldn't have even really cared which one because there were funny bits in all of the different things that were going on, but a bit because there were, they were all there. I don't think any of them got yeah. as well developed as, as they could have been, which is sort, sort of a shame, really, because it would have been, um, it would have been a proper shock if this new Bill and Ted movie had come out and it was really, really good. Like, as you know, you were almost coming out going, well, that, that was awesome. Who would, who would have thought? Cause you don't, I don't think you do expect the huge amount from these films. Cause they're just sort of nostalgia. Um, yeah. Nobody really asks yeah. for them, but they know that you'll go and see them. Cause you go, I remember that. They put a lot of effort in and it seems like they did put quite a lot of thought into it and almost maybe too much. I think is maybe the problem might have overthought it a bit. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I came out of it. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm. I was sort of, um, at first, uh, I don't think they should, they should do it because it's been too long and they've been talking about it for so long. Um, but then when I actually saw the trailer, which I did avoid because I did, I thought I just watched the film, but I saw the trailer at the beginning when I saw another film um, a month or so ago. And I was like, you know what? That actually looks good. And um, when it comes to the plot, I mean, I, I totally see what you're saying. My theory, and I don't know, is this has been, it's been at least 20 years since they've sort of greenlit it and they had trouble with different studios and obviously Keanu Reeves is busy. Alex Winter is a director now and he actually had to have acting lessons again because he hadn't had a starring role in the film since 93. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. And I reckon there was several scripts floating about and they've taken what they feel was best from all of them that it's, it's just it, it, it definitely feels that way I mean, obviously you're speculating like yeah i probably haven't heard that from anyone but all of what you say is true and you know, they had been talking about that film for a long time there's probably had been a whole load of ideas it, it definitely feels like there was a lot of ideas went into it yeah and it's, it's it lacks same... a bit of clarity for it and that's yeah. that's my only real criticism of it apart from that there's lots of genuinely funny moments i think that marriage counselor scene is is um is really funny. I mean, it's the same two guys who wrote the other two as well, which is good. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing. They, cause the, two, the two guys who created Bill and Ted, it was their characters they used to do in that improv comedy. They were Bill and Ted. Uh, uh, and and um, when they came to make the film, they obviously cast proper actors as opposed to writers and comedians. So I'm glad they have them back on board. And you can tell. I mean, it's even though it's 30 years later, the, the characters have grown up a bit. They're still Bill and Ted, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, almost, almost exactly the same. Not a lot of change. No. They've um, no. they sort of put things in there to signpost that a lot has happened, like kids, yeah. for example. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what did you think of the, the characters of the kids? I again, I didn't mind them, and I thought that that could have just been the film. I would have, I would have happily just just watched that, and I think they may even have thought of doing that. It sort of feels like they might, they might have thought, shall we just go that way, and then pulled back on that because you get a lot of backlash if they'd have gone hey we're doing a new Bill and Ted film but it's their daughters people are going oh yeah I mean you've got things token like, uh, political 
correctness nonsense. And yeah, all that I mean, you get what they said. That they said that, like, like we, you know, we got the female Ghostbusters, and even them um, when there's things like you know they done that Dumb and Dumber when they were younger, you know, and that no one really, I, yeah. I don't remember being very good, but no one really gave it a chance. And so what they could have done was have Bill and Ted as more of a cameo in, yeah. in a film than the daughters, which I, you know, if it was those written by the same people and the, the two um, ladies who played the daughters, I thought were both really good. Um, I think it could have worked. Yeah. But I, think, it would I have, can see why they didn't do it. It would, it would have put all of those people right kind of on the block though, wouldn't it? Because all that they were saying when it was Ghostbusters was, why have you got to take existing characters and make them female? Why can't you just come up with some new characters or come up with a spin-off? We wouldn't mind that. And this kind of would have been that, like they've written new characters and they haven't just yeah, changed the gender and all that sort of thing. And then the fact we've come up with a new reason to complain. No, that's <laughs> probably my, that's st- probably still would have. Because back, because <laughs> it four, four years ago when we done the podcast about Ghostbusters, um, my only complaint was that it should have been set in the same universe. Um, yeah. And I mean that. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of that remake, as you know. And I still get stick for that today, mainly from people who haven't seen it. Yeah, but um, and won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, if if it was set in the same universe, people would have found other reasons to not like it. Mm. So that, I mean, that's that's what would have happened for Bill and Ted if they'd done it like that. So um, I mean, I, then, I wouldn't be surprised if it still got a little bit of that, because um, yeah. people are so sort of sensitive about that, aren't they? They, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, can't yeah. help themselves. It's a shame. But, but maybe um, maybe now. I mean, they they could do a spin off with the daughters now if this film does well. Which it has done well because there's been not much competition for it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, um, I mean, I, I thought the the two actresses were really good. Um, Samara Weaving, who's the niece of um, Hugo Weaving, who's in The Matrix, she was um, Bill's daughter. I assume it was Bill's daughter because she was blonde. Yeah, yeah. That's they they um, matched to a point, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, the the actress played the other one's a another um, comedy actress who's in Bombshell. I thought they'd both done a more than fine job. They were very likable um, and you had the characteristics of yeah. the characters, but also were the characters in their own right. Well, when I say that the, the sort of things that are underdeveloped with them, it's like um, there are differences with the daughters, like they're into sampling and stuff. And so they, yeah. they talk about how they listen to a little bit of everything, pick out the bits they like, mix things around, that sort of stuff. And it would have been nice to have seen that sort of just developed a little bit more um so that you got to know a bit more about the daughters and what what they're like because obviously because you don't see them all that much they're sort of like in a second plot running alongside the other one um they don't get to be much more than these sort of like younger female versions of their their dads they don't get I mean, they, they, enough time like with dialogue and stuff to really develop them that much. I thought it was kind of a shame because I did sort of think, oh, that's cool. How like they are exactly like their dads, but like, you know, there's modern differences and stuff like that. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that in a way. Um, and it wouldn't have, like if you'd have still yeah, they, had they were, they a Bill and Ted cameo in there. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get fleshed out that much. And I'm not trying to say, that there's loads of depth to Bill and Ted as characters in the first place because no. they're in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's well, there's a, as he says, a lot going on, possibly too much, and 
I think they needed to keep this at a 90 minute film like the original two, or you know, close to that. And it's 91 minutes, so there's a hell of a lot in it for that. A hell of a lot of jokes as well. And um, quite, a, quite a few of the, the original cast returned as well, more than I expected. Yeah, um, and you had the, um, a way of getting George Carlin in there as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. The museum um, piece. Yeah, and um, yeah, that, was, that was a nice touch as well, because the, the character of his daughter was all right. I mean, it was um, another, another comedian play, played um, his daughter, Kelly. Um, Kirsten Strack, is that her name? She's in like 30 Rock and Flight of the Concords, doing loads of stuff. And then um, they get another touch. They called the character Kelly. So, and they messaged the name of George Carlin's actual daughter. Uh, so they done that as a little tribute to him. Um, but George Carlin, yeah, I loved him, the other ones. But I saw, I saw Bill and Ted well before I knew what an influential stand-up comedian he was. Oh, yeah, definitely. Far yeah. too young to have been watching George Carlin stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the time. Well, of course, yeah, later, later came through. Yeah, Kirsten Schall is in all sorts of things, isn't she? So she does yeah. a lot of voice acting work as well. So she's, vo- yeah. she's voiced cartoons um, that we all know. Um, yeah. And a lot of that. Uh, like Louise from Bob's Burgers. Um, is probably the best character in Bob's Burgers, isn't it? To watch I've it. never seen it. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's in that. Um mm. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. But just through looking at that, see, they're going to do a Bob's Burgers movie. So, I mean, maybe we can do that when it comes out. It'll yeah. become relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's sort of the, the main three newer characters. Um, they've got different actresses again playing the princesses and they've changed the actresses in yeah. all the films. Um, and I have heard that criticised for uh, um, they've got to have younger looking wives, this and the other. But looking into it, the actresses who played the princesses in the other films don't seem to be working anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably. I'm I'm sure that just for nerdy continuity, um, they would have got the same same actresses if if they could. Yeah, it would just be it'd just make more sense. Less. Yeah. Almost less hassle from the people who would want to see that going eh, about it. Yeah. Um, and plus, even if that wasn't the reason, it's um. It's not really fair to single out this movie when it's it's Hollywood that you, you want to have a go out there. This yeah, not just exactly. this movie. <laughs> yeah. And um, okay, so uh, Ted's dad was back, the same actor. Um, Hal London Jr., who's in the artist, he's been loads of stuff. Good to see him back. Um, and the character of Missy, who um, I don't. There's a really good joke with Missy. Again, I don't want to spoil it. Um, do you know what I'm getting at? Um, no, I'm not sure. It's a bit you. Um, when you first see the character of Missy and what's going on with her, that made me, me laugh a lot. Um, mm. But you obviously know, okay, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil jokes in a, in a film. <laughs> I'm probably don't bring it up at all in that case because yeah, even yeah. if I said, yes, I know the joke, <laughs> yeah. they still don't get to hear it. <laughs> yeah. no, say that it's good use of the character is my point um, yeah. because she's a minor character in all of the films. Um, same actress back for her, who she mainly does TV work now. And, and um, other than that, the, the character from the second film, um, William Sadler returns as death. Yes, it's, um, it's, that was good. I did like uh, a lot of the chuckles for me were in his scene. Um, and when they're talking about various albums that he's tried to put out after Wild Stan- Stallions have split up. And yeah. um, 
they're just coming out with things. I don't know. I thought it was a good album. Just maybe the world wasn't ready for an album that's just bass. <laughs> yeah. you know, I thought it was pretty funny. There's lots but, of, um, you see him in his, his sort of, his room where he lives and in the background, there's loads of Wild Stallions memorabilia and then yeah. all the board games and stuff that he lost to them in the second film. They're all lurking about as well, like Battleship and that sort of thing. So yeah. some little nods there for the fans. And um, just, it's good to see him back because he, he's not in the first film and one of the most memorable things about the second one. Yeah, definitely. So much so that I think it's easy to sort of get confused about which one he was in or think that he was in both of them, but he definitely is only in the second one. Yeah. But I think I'd done that in the past, like gone back and watched the first one and said, I mean, when's the deaf guy coming in? And then remember, like, he's not even in this one. Sorry, yeah. he's not even in this. The, 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 the thing with, um, it's not much of a spoiler, they meet him again because they die, which is very reminiscent of the first film, so second film. And then the daughters are going around collecting musicians from history. So that's yeah. just like the first. So it's like they tried to um, take the two plot elements from the first two films and combine them. Yeah, so, exactly. um, going back to what you said earlier, you know, they could have just done one of them, but I think they were trying to pay homage to, to both films. Yeah. So um, It's the trouble with, the, with things like this, like, that you, you end up trying to do too much with them. And um, I think it's, I'm not going to say like about this film in particular, because again, it'd be unfair to just sort of say about this one. It's films like this a lot when they come back after a long, long time. I think they worry about sort of pleasing fans in that way a little bit too much. And you oh, sort yeah, of totally. want to say to them like, don't worry about them because they're not really, they make out like the film will flop if they don't like it. It's bollocks. <laughs> like, yeah, so, I mean, they're, 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 a, they're a fraction of the market. And if, if they knew what made good films, they'd be fucking making films, but they're not either. They're just whinging about yours on the internet. So I don't worry too much. <laughs> but, um, the thing with the second Bill and Ted is it's quite different to the first one. If new characters, you know, it's not time travel and that kind of works. So maybe they should have gone for something totally different with the third film. And, yeah, you know, I mean, apparently the the script for the film Biodome with Paulie Shaw was meant to be the third Bill and Ted. Right, well, I, could, I, I didn't know that. I suppose that you can see that. It's yeah. not a million miles away. The characters aren't too different and the humor's not that different. And again, yeah, yeah you, could have, you could have put them in any sort of context that, that you wanted to and really done. So long as it was still a comedy, it wouldn't yeah. matter if it didn't have the sci-fi element to it. Exactly. I mean, that's like what I said earlier, the scene in the marriage guidance thing, that's just, that could be, that could have been in Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that. You know, it's just a comedy yeah. scene. Um, but, I would have quite liked that if it, if it, if it was just a, a, a straight up comedy about Bill and Ted having a midlife crisis. I'd, yeah. I, would, I would have really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in the, on the whole, I mean, the, for me, there was a lot of laughs in it. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of, if you are a fan, sentimental moments. Yeah, I'm not saying I was going to cry at it, but I was like, you know, there's nice touches. Um, so I think they sort of, they really went for it, if that makes sense with this. Nothing was kind of done, I might try to squeeze too much in, but I don't think anything was sort of done half-assed. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say overdone before I would say yeah. half-done, definitely. Yeah. Um, but there's a few few little niggles. They 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 do say that the first film took place in 1989. It didn't. It was 88. It even said that at the beginning of the film at the bottom of the screen. Christ, you would really think that the people who wrote it would know that. Yeah, that's, a, that's one thing. But I, I can see where, where why they thought that because 
the, fir the first film was shelved because of distribution for a year. So it's probably released in 89. Nah. But, but they didn't realize it says at the bottom of this. Because I, I really watched the first one, like the day before I went to cinema to see this new one. Um, yeah. And I noticed that. When, when they said it, I was like, oh, really? And a, another major plot thing is at the end of the second film, it says they saved the world. And that hasn't happened, has it? No. So it's sort of, but then how, how do you make a, a follow-up um, where they've already saved the world? Do you know what I mean? So they, they It just comes be... under threat again, doesn't it? But I suppose yeah. it... Or you, you do what we just said. It's not even, they don't have to save anything. It's just that... Uh, exactly, know, yeah. They're having a midlife crisis and trouble with a... Trouble with their wives. You could have still had like a, a sort of redemption arc, like you, you've got in yeah. this one. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, if they'd have done that, you probably would have got a lot of complaints from people about it not being yeah. time traveling, all that sort of thing. But I didn't. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Matter, when when you're talking about thirty years later, I think you could have really done anything yeah. with it. Yeah, and when when you think of Bill and Ted. I don't automatically think, oh, it's a sci-fi. Um, I think no. it's a comedy. Yeah, they straight like, up like, think it's comedy first. But they like they like their heavy metal, you know. They and that, that's kind of what you remember about it. That yeah, might be, they're definitely might be... the things that stick out. The music element of it is what really sticks out. Um, yeah. That and I guess I've been calling Socrates Socrates for <laughs> forever because of Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so yeah, I mean, um, what what do you think of like? The music in it wasn't so rock and roll as the other ones, but it's, you know, it's 30 years. And you True. Look at the, Apart the, from the bit where there's the big song, it doesn't stand out a huge amount. I did like the scenes with Mozart um, just yeah. being, just having a good time, really. <laughs> um, again, it would have been nice to have seen a little bit more than that, because I think one of the things I always remember about the older Bill and Ted films is the people that they bring throughout history. They just have whole scenes of them you know, messing about in the future and marveling at all of the things. Like, you know, I always remember is it yeah. Beethoven, the Avid finds the keyboards and he's on yeah. three different synths at once and all that <laughs> stuff. Napoleon with but, the water slides. Yeah, all, all, um, the, all of that stuff was brilliant. And you didn't get so much of that in this one, it, but there was a little bit of it. I think it's yeah. like, you know, just Mozart just wandering about looking at things, muttering to himself. It was just some of the funnier bits, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I thought the guy who played um, Miles Davis was pretty cool as well. Really got got the character well um and uh, is it louis yeah, armstrong isn't it oh yeah sorry it is louis armstrong yeah i'm being, being fixed. yeah louis armstrong and um, Jimi hendrix as well but it's, it's all musicians yeah. in this opposed to yeah um, i guess because they're putting the band together but yeah they, they oh. before it was and there's yeah, a um, just historical people because they've got to pass their history test <laughs> and there's a modern rapper i've never heard of in it um Aren't we supposed to have? I thought he was a fictional character, but that could just because I've got no idea who anyone modern is. <laughs> Kid Cody or something like that. I think it's Kid something. And I only know he's a real musician because I was at work the day after the film and this sort of rappy song come on, which didn't sound too bad. I had a look and it was him. Yeah, right. So I looked right. it up and he's a, um, there's a, um, another biggish musician in a cameo role as well for one scene. Um, but I thought it, I mean, obviously... This was mentioned to me last night because of recent events. It would have been really nice if they'd got Eddie Van Halen in it because of the references in the first film, especially. Yeah, true. Uh, but he, you know, he had been ill, and I, I think they might have tried to have got him up if he wasn't. Yeah, um, they may well have done. I mean, he's died now, hasn't he, very recently? Yes, I mean, he died, he died sort of two, two days before we recorded this. Yeah. That's what made me think. Um, and um, it's strange, isn't it, how 
in, in the 30 years that they sort of idolise Eddie Van Halen that he's now no longer with us and George Carling isn't with us. And uh, Yeah, true, true. I suppose, like in the case of George Carling, he was already, you know, fairly old by the time they made that one. He must have been sort of well into his 40s by then. I reckon, yeah, um, possibly early 50s, yeah. Yeah. Um, but George Carling's one who, much like Sid James, always looked quite old. He did, didn't he? It's hard yeah. to say. Because he, he presented the very first episode of Saturday Night Live in 1975. Um, so 15 years before Bill and Ted, or so 14 years. And he didn't look much different than when Bill and Ted came out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. it was only, like, by the time I got into him as a stand-up, he had white hair by then. So he was yeah. obviously old. But that was the thing. Then, like... You look at him younger, and you're right. He doesn't look like <laughs> he doesn't look like he aged that much apart from his hair. I suppose his yeah. face sags a little bit more. But, you know, yeah. not not much. Is basically you can yeah, I mean, he was, identify him. He was kind of missed from this film, but I yeah. don't remember him being in, in that much of the second film, was he? I don't think so. No, um, I don't. Yeah, he's definitely. Well, mind you, he's not really in any of them that much, is he? But it's definitely like a really memorable part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first one, he, he, he's their guide, isn't he? So that's yeah. kind of why why you remember him more from the first one. And then you see him play guitar at the end, which clearly isn't him. But if it was, he'd have been the best guitarist ever. That seems amazing. <laughs> but also, it also it kind of stands out because George Collins not really known for his movies, is he? No. Did he, do you know what other films he was in? Because... All I can think of is um, the Kevin Smith stuff. He was in yeah. Jersey Girl and Jay and Bob Strikes Back. Other and again, that, that was probably that they just wanted him in because they were fans of him as a, a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's kind of nice for them to have because the duo of Jay and Bob and the, the link to Bill and Ted as well um, to get him for a familiar face. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think, I think he is definitely missing from the film. Um, I suppose but, it can't be helped, you know. <laughs> no, because, you know. I mean, it's it's so much better what they've done than to try to um, do like a digital version of him all the way through or something, because that would have been that been nasty. Yeah, um, I still feel weird about that. And like people have you know put it to me in ways where I go, well, I suppose, you know, if you put it like that, it doesn't really matter. But I still feel odd about it. Like because yeah. they're fucking dead, don't they? That, you, yeah. you know. I don't mind if it's like, but if it's like a, a very quick cameo, or someone's died while making the film, they have to finish the film, don't they? Yeah, it's, you know, a, a I, bit I different like... if they've died during production. But like, um, like in in Star Wars, where it was, uh, what was it? Was it um Rogue One, yeah. where it was um, uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, yeah, Peter Cushing stood there, you know. And it's obviously animated, but at the same time, lifelike enough that you're like, yeah. oh, shit. I mean, they're just, you're never dead now, are you? That's it. That's yeah, like, Studio fucking owns your soul and you're up there <laughs> for all eternity. <laughs> but with um, Carrie Fisher, in that, you know, she died while making The Last Jedi. So I can see, you know, they so have they're just going to. So they're just filling in bits. It's yeah. Bit yeah I, mean, so. same, I mean, they would do stuff like that even before they had the sort of CGI you know to, yeah. to do it the way they can do it now obviously you had like the crow and stuff they they still yeah. finished well, what about um plan nine from outer space with bella lugosi <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dentist to dress up as it 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it doesn't look in Ed Wood. It's got the bit like it doesn't look anything like him. Well, if you're getting to put his cape over this yeah. half of the yeah. hell. and um, I think he actually is in that pose all the time in um, Plan Nine. He's yeah, always yeah. his face. I guess yeah, because it's yeah. not him. They could have no. just shot him from behind. You, <laughs> no, you, you, yeah, but you do. I mean, he. Um, though I guess he was in some of it, wasn't he? They yeah, um, in, yeah. I think he, he he just managed. I mean, he was. He shouldn't have been doing it, should he? At, at that no. time, he wasn't really in any fit state to be. No, I guess he, I, I think he was kind of taking advantage of. They just needed his name and probably bribed him with alcohol or drugs. He, he was. He was. He was old a bit. A bit insane and on all yeah. sorts of drugs by then. Wasn't he won't probably. Yeah. At the same time, he probably needed the money. So oh, he did, yeah, definitely. Um, another thing, kind of have to mention, and um, in the film we're talking about, Bill and Ted, they have seventy-seven minutes to do their task, and as soon as they announce that, it goes into real time. Mm. And the last seventy-seven minutes are seventy-seven minutes. Maybe that's a thing they were trying to do to stay cool, but that might be why it come across as rushed. Or too much Again, going on. Yeah, and it's it, it's sort of a bit of a gimmicky thing to do that won't really add a lot. Yeah, but you don't need to it. do it, do you? That's Especially what I mean. Like, there's no need at all to, to do that. And to be honest, I hadn't noticed that it was 77 minutes no. from when they said 77 minutes. Mm. I had when they said it, I did think, eh, that's probably about how long's left in the movie. But I didn't think that actually yeah. it actually was that. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's problematic when there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot by then. But some of the things would have been happening the same time as each other. You know, when the when the daughters are off doing something, that would be the same time as when Bill and Ted are doing something. So the way they're you're it, supposed you... to follow it in real time, but you can't because you have to yeah. see two different things that happened at the same moment. Yeah, that's yeah. almost yeah. impossible to follow in in the way that they'd put it out. Um, but I suppose again, it it's, they've probably just done that because it can be a a bit of trivia about it afterwards like yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter that you haven't noticed that does it really yeah. affect I do, I do think it, it came to an abrupt end as well the film. yeah it just sort of suddenly stopped yeah and there was a bit after the credits i don't know if you saw that but, mm. um, no i didn't actually does no, it indicate they're going to do another film i didn't know there was a bit after the credits so I yeah no, no um, halfway through. it's all on youtube now so it's not really a spoiler but um uh, you, there's a scene where you see them when they're really old, isn't there? And they're in, in yeah. hospital. Um, it's just them rocking out, being really old. They get up, plug in the amps, and make a racket for a bit, which is quite cool. Um, so in a way, it doesn't imply another one. It implies that's that is it. Yeah. I mean, it has then, to be, I suppose. Well, there, there is talk now of another one, but um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like we said earlier, if they're going to do another one, they'd be better off doing it with the daughters and having them as cameos. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. You don't even have to call it Bill and Ted. You know, you can just make it, it yeah. its own thing, and it just is that. Yeah. And then I guess people might still complain, but they wouldn't really have a leg to stand on, so it'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think when you look at this, I mean, we said um, some people said this is a sequel; it's not really needed, and it kind of isn't. But there must have been the call for it because Keanu Reeves is huge, and you know his career has been very up and down since it but he's always been in the limelight and he's got the john wick things going on and he's still a very big star he and is with, surprisingly so as well when talk yeah. about john wick films are really popular yeah um, um, um but alex winter i know he's been out of the limelight but he's been constantly working if you look at his 
IMDb. He's been directing nonstop and writing that sort of thing. So he didn't need to do it. Um, so I think it's more over the over the thirty years, the fans have. Well, you know, it is a cult film. I know they were both quite big hits, but over they're not remember to say some films are from that era, but they're, they're people like them. I think everybody remembers it, but it takes somebody to bring it up for it to get discussed. But like, it's not often. Maybe with people under thirty, you know, because um, I think even if you you're thirty and it you were only just born when it came out, you probably still saw it because it was still getting watched for a good sort of ten, fifteen years after, wasn't it? But yeah, people would still talk about it a lot. And I think um, the be excellent to each other thing has helped it carry. Because that yeah. sort of carried on. I think people know that quote, even if they haven't seen the film. Um, yeah. So it's it's got that for going for it. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was pretty big. I mean, we mentioned the animated series. There was a short-lived um, sort of sitcom of it with, with different actors in, which is meant to be terrible. But the fact that they had, it got made, and there's been comic books throughout the years and loads of stuff. But it's yeah, you know, it's not a massive franchise, um, but. I suppose it is the definition of a cult product, isn't it? And I think that maybe the fact that Keanu Reeves has stayed a big star, the interest has always been there because he was in it. Yeah. If there was two relatively unknown people, firstly, there'd have been a sequel made before because they'd have wanted the, the work. Um, but the, the fact that, I mean, maybe he owes a lot to it and he knows that because it was one of his very first films. Um. And that straight afterwards, when I two years after the next thing Alex Winter done, he wrote and directed a film which he was in, which bombed. Did so he, maybe he when he's directing films, has he been directing comedy films or sort of everything? He's even done like um, was it Ben Ten things like that, and documentary. He's got a documentary coming out about Frank Zappa, I believe, which is coming out this year. Oh. So he's been doing lots of. I mean, and the, the film I talked about from '93 is called Freak. I don't know if you've seen it. It's um, no. he goes to like a freak show and it's um, Randy Quaid's in it, Keanu Reeves is in it, um, loads of people. This is mad comedy, which is pretty good and sort of what well liked by a lot of people. Another sort of cult film, but it didn't do very well at all. And I think he had a think and just thought, well, yeah, what I'll stick to directing. And it took Bill and Ted to get him to come back. So, I mean, he was in a few things before Bill and Ted, he's in The Lost Boys and yeah, one of the, one of the Death Wish films. and so, you know, he's, he's a familiar face. And um, I think even though he had that film what flopped, if he wanted, he could have gone on to still have a successful acting career. I mean, Lost Boys was a, was a pretty big film at the time, wasn't it? I, was yeah. remember, I don't oh, remember yeah, anyone ever being a time where people said, oh, that's rubbish, that. And then they started saying it was good again. I don't and remember that's what that I mean, ever happening. That was, I'd have been about five when that came out. That's one of those films that's always been there and people have always always liked you know and um, if anything Lost Boys is bigger now than it was I, it I reckon you're probably right yeah it yeah. sort of um, that, that whole thing of things coming back round and certain trends being like relevant again um, I think that's probably true that Lost Boys almost fits an idea of 80s movies yeah more than it would have sort of sat as comfortably at the time almost like because a lot of the stuff that's sort of like retro <laughs> of the sort of 80s and 90s era is like like that, but not not really like that. Whereas Lost Boys is, if you were to imagine an 80s movie now, 
with the sensibilities of now, it will probably come out like Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's very stylized Lost Boys as well. And yeah. although it is a bit of a comedy, it's not a stupid, you know, you get these horror comedies where they are just a bit crazy or over the top, whereas the horror in the Lost Boys is horror, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. what that you're right. That is what makes it work. And a lot, I think, I think I totally agree with you. There was a lot of comedy horror because they go too far on each. They end up losing both the comedy and the horror. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not it, funny or scary anymore. No, um, I mean, whereas it, Lost Boys does do both of them things well. Yeah, it's just rare. I mean, the only other really good example I can think about is American Wealth in London. Yeah. Where, you know, it's got laughs and, um, but it's just, it's getting the balance and it is hard. Like it's sold um, to you as a horror movie, despite the fact that there's all of these comedy elements in it. Yeah. yeah. Even that's um, not a million miles away from that either. I think it's always thought of as, as, as being a horror movie when it's ultimately a comedy horror movie. Yeah, the first one, especially. I mean, the second one's more of a comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the first one's still, you know, still funny. <laughs> it really Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Apart um, from certain scenes. Yeah. Well, I was reading something recently about how. Um, Toby Hooper still considers the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a bit of a comedy. Uh, <laughs> that's what he said. It's it's, I, was, I, was doing, I was doing stuff about the second film. He was like, because of the, because the second film is a comedy as well. There's no, no getting over that. Yeah. But because um, he, he felt that because the first film was so bleak and dark, that people missed that there was supposed to be comedy elements. It actually makes me feel a bit better because there were bits in Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I always laugh at, like Franklin at the beginning having a bit of a whinge. That's really <laughs> funny. And then I, was, I never thought I was meant to find it funny. I just did. So now that he says, oh, there are comedy elements to it, I feel loads yeah. better. Now I was probably meant to laugh yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was like it was sort of Blair Witch. I always laugh at bits of that, but it's not a comedy. No. It's just how people act can make you laugh sometimes. I mean, you know, any, any drama can have Anything that reflects real, real life should have laughs in it because we do laugh in real life. Yeah. You know? and, um, um, and there is there is that like fine line between... Um, comedy and horror anyway like um, something can scare you so much that you start laughing or like yeah you know, um, yeah. I think that's why comedy horrors can work because they're close yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah and then um, a lot of horror you get that it's almost like there's a slapstick sort of element to especially gory horror um, yeah. it's just with different intent but it still has a similar, a similar sort of way that it it's put together and all of that it's like yeah. someone falling over, but they're falling over because someone hit them with an axe and now their heads on the spike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, should, should we sort of wrap up on this thing? We've got some, a lot of other stuff to talk about, haven't we? Yeah, I've got a, a uh, couple of things to mention. So, I'm, I'm sick. It's a six out of ten for me, and I didn't think that I would have any. I didn't, I didn't think that I would really like it at all. And there were lots of things in uh, Face the Music that I did like. I just thought that it was a little bit like overcooked maybe and that yeah. kind of overthought it and uh, 20 years is a long time to be thinking about a film so that probably is what happened there um yeah, 30 years, 30 years. but i think if you're a fan of the first two then don't not watch it because you're worried it'll ruin them or anything like that i wouldn't go so far as to say that i think if you do like the first two movies then of course you should you should watch it yeah i mean i'm i'm a massive fan of the first two um before I saw the trailer, it was very dubious. Um, saw it in the cinema, um, and one of the um, what I'm about to talk about one of the last films I've probably seen in the cinema for a while. 
Um, and I actually, I really enjoyed it. I can see it got folds. So I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5 because it could have been so much worse. And yeah. I was entertained for the whole 90 minutes. And I don't think I've laughed as much in the cinema for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, so it's like the the, on, the only reason that it bothered me at all was because when I'd seen that it that there were good things to it, it then made me think, well, shit, it could have it could have been really good then, maybe. Like, yeah. uh, if if the th- the things that were sort of faulted it for weren't there, it probably would have been a much higher score, I think. And and it, I don't have been really surprised to have said it. Um, yeah. But it wasn't. The thing, the things that I didn't like about it weren't the things that I thought I wasn't going to like about it. So, like yeah. I say, if 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 you um, if you like the first two movies, you've kind of got to watch it. And if you didn't like the first two movies, then there's really no point. You're not going to care. Yeah, anything I, I this think as well, like, <laughs> if you haven't seen the first two movies, I'd watch them before watching. Them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That De- I would. You definitely need to have seen the other ones because there's there's a lot of callbacks. Um, yeah, I think you could still enjoy it without seeing them, but you'll get more out of it if you have. Yeah. You know, um, so they they do sort of explain what have happened in the other ones, and, uh, you know. But there's little, there's yeah, probably thirty percent of the jokes are funnier if you've seen the other two. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. exactly. So, um, although they're not actually available on any streaming services for free, you can rent it through Prime. But neither of neither Netflix nor Prime have it. Um, I think it's on Stars Play. Um, what the um, one of those extra channels you can get the, on Prime. the first or second one. Uh, I'm not sure which. It might be both. If it's either, it's probably the first. Because the um the first that's one what I was looking got, for. First one's just got a re-release on Blu-ray, um, with loads more extras on it. So I've now got it twice on Blu-ray because I got it the first time it came out. Um, but the second one, I don't even know if you can get on DVD at the moment. And if memory serves, they were released through different film companies as yeah. well. So well, interesting. If you can still rent that second one on yeah. on Prime it is I mean you can watch it if you really yeah. want to and you absolutely can't find it anyway. It seems odd. Yeah, I mean I, I they're recommend... probably gonna do a, a, a trilogy box set anyway. I think they? that's what I think that's what's happening. I think there might have been a bit of trouble with the rights. So then that's what's gonna happen. I'm sure I've seen it to pre order already. Yeah. Um, because this as well as a cinema release of course you can you know legally stream Bill and Ted, can't you? Um the the yeah. new one. And so yeah. um and uh, and I think that's just because of the worry of cinema at the moment. Um, Which does in. take us directly onto um, what yeah. we're going to talk about. Cineworld announcing um, temporary closure, but that's not good for their staff, obviously. Yeah. They've been told to find other jobs in the meantime and um, and reapply. And I imagine a lot of them would think, as if I'm going to get another job and then fuck that off and reapply. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, and the- to me, that's saying that even though they've said it's temporary, it might not be. Yeah. Um, and the thing that gets me about it is that it's not that they've lost money. It's that they haven't made as much money as they would have liked to. And that's the one thing that gets me about our whole system is that sod you lot, because even though we have made money, we haven't made as much money as we would have wanted to. So you've all got to get in the doll queue now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's outrageous, really. Um, the, main, the main thing for me is the staff. You know, is worrying. I mean, I've been guaranteed Ipswich one for this this um, this month, October. That my um, cinema pass is twenty years old, so I've had that oh, yeah. for twenty years. And, it, um, if, if you had to get a replacement, at all, because I mean, mine was only a few years old. Because I've had it at different times and you know, cancelled it yeah. for a bit and got it back again. So not had the same card. But that was getting yeah, quite but, worn 
Um, but it's, 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 the, it's the third card I've ever had because I lost one, and then they upgraded it to like the black card, so you get a bigger sort of discount on drinks. Yeah. Um, but it still had the same date on it when it started. I think it might have even been UGC, not Cineworld, but it's the same building when I first got one. Um, but a lot of the, well, not a lot, I think of a few of the staff members who I'm sure have been there since I first got my pass. There some too. some people stay working at, at Cineworlds for a long time. And I know that they've had, um, they do have sort of employee sort of only screenings and stuff like that. So they, I mean, they have, people definitely have enjoyed their jobs with Cineworld yeah, so that, I've, probably, that I've known. Yeah, um, the but they're not there. the only one. I think it's Picture House, is it? One of the other chains. They've got one of yeah. the biggest cinemas in Norwich. And they've said the same thing now as well. Yeah, I mean, um, um, but it seems likely that, that the likes of Odeon and... Um, and uh, Empire will probably follow suit if that's the case. That's my thinking. And, um, but the thing is, I mean, I've gone a lot since it's reopened because um, I've just wanted to support the cinemas for a start. But they've been showing a lot of older movies that I just want to see on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw Back to the Future, didn't we? We did um, see Back to the Future. Um, I, it's not the only time I've seen it at the cinema, but I'd go again. I'd go again. I think, I, think I might have seen it twice at the cinema with you. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, <laughs> It has been like ghost town in there since it's reopened. Which um, I mean, I guess at least you're safe while you're doing it. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. because of that fact. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's the same with pubs as well, isn't it? And it's, yeah. they're almost yeah. being, it's, it's almost like these places are being cursed by being allowed to open and not being under any schemes or anything anymore to allow them to be closed. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and, so, and then at the same time, Telling people not to go to them the way the way that they are. Well, it depends what week we're in, doesn't it? Because one week it's you, you've got it's, it's your fucking civic duty to go. <laughs> the, <laughs> the next week it's all your fault. How dare you go? Yeah, so people well, um, just don't want it, do they? I mean, I, I, no. I don't blame people, but I do blame the government for massively I think, mishandling yeah. it and putting putting these um, like companies in in these positions in the first place. I mean, it's worse for pubs because you're often talking about some much smaller businesses, but. Yeah. Well, with, um, um, with cinemas, I mean, the, the okay, you've got to be you've got to be spaced apart in there, which is fine, um, unless you're with people, you know, who's meant to be from your household or you pick your ticket to. But then you, yeah. I think, which of course is are, almost impossible to prove when you're just a cashier. Oh, exactly, yeah. In the but, yeah, but but, but that's that's down to the person who goes. Um, but I think it annoys a lot of people when they said you have to wear your mask while in the screen as well, because you you are sat away from people. And yeah, um, and it's one of those things where it's sort of the the mixed the mixed information and the misinformation about things is is people are just exhausted by it. I almost feel like you were supposed to be because when you're tired, you stop questioning and you start accepting. And I don't think that they are as stupid and as and as incompetent as they would have to be for this not to be on purpose. If yeah. that makes sense, like, because there's two options here, isn't there? Like, either they are that stupid and incompetent, and they didn't mean for this to happen, and it has anyway, or they're not, and they've done it on purpose. But there isn't really a middle ground on it. It has to be they've done it by mistake, and that means they're thick, or they've done <laughs> it on purpose, and that means they're bastards. And I think it's the second <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but another factor, like all the big films apart from Tenet, have been pushed back, so yeah. there's nothing coming out. So I can see the frustration of the people who, who run these big cinemas. Um, but also the fact that the films have been pushed back and not been given a, apart from Mulan, a mm. stream and release 
um, like the Bond film, which is one everyone's using as an example. Um, if they thought cinemas weren't going to recover, that we'd be able to see that film now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, did they put the Bond film out? I mean, like Cineworld cited the Bond film. Has that been put back? Is that what it is? Yes, but yeah, yeah, it's been because they they put that as one of the examples that they were hoping that yeah. a new Bond that was, film would would really sort of boost the sales and stuff. I mean, that was supposed to come out in March, wasn't it? Then they yeah. said October, and now it's January, and I think they were just like, oh, for fuck's sake. But um, Wonder Woman's been pushed back. Black Widow's been pushed back. There's a new Kingsman film being pushed back. Um, Some films resumed production as well, didn't they? So, I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what the scheduling's like when it does come yeah. back, if you've got all this, but, this backlog. Yeah, I mean, and, and still also, making also, stuff as well. Something like I was speaking about the other day is like, if the big chains, which they seem to be the ones that are closing, Use Ipswich as an example. The, the the film theater, the smaller cinema, is reopening in a few weeks, and you can book tickets now. And these cinemas, the small ones, are showing the documentaries and more the indie films, that sort of thing. And if the big chains go or start to go, the little cinemas are going to end up showing the big films because no one else will be showing them. Mm. Then the smaller films and documentaries will have nowhere to be played. Yeah, that is a, it is a problem. It, I mean, it is a problem. I mean, there's always been a problem with the multiplexes and your smaller independent cinemas. Like, ever since the multiplexes started coming in, those cinemas found it really hard to compete in the first place. And it yeah. is, a, yeah, it, 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 you're, you're right, it only gets harder for them rather, rather than better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, but, I mean, whenever, whenever I've been to the, um, the film theatre, it's been quite busy, but they're showing... You know, there's less screenings of everything, obviously, you know, um, but the films they're showing are quite niche. And yeah. there's only a few shows. I mean, the amount of people who say to me, our oh, cinema's not as busy as 30 years ago. And I'm like, well, no, because now we've got a 10 screen cinema showing the same film five times a day. Yeah. Whereas when we were younger, there'd be two screens showing a film three times a day. Yeah, which is, why you know, there'd be two films. You might like, not get in and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that's why. I think as many people, when more or less, are still going to the cinema. And things like Sydney World and Odeon do their cinema passes. People love that. I mean, it has, so, to, it has to be how you describe it there, because like when we see that they haven't actually lost money, they just aren't making as much profit as have they, they projected. Have, have, um, they, have they not lost They must still because... be going, because they, 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 must, they must still be going. Um, yeah, it's that profits hadn't met them. Um, the projected targets, which again, doesn't, it's not the same as has has lost money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, which 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 is it is kind of true what you say. Like people must still be going to the cinema, else they would have lost money. But they would have been losing money before now as well, because yeah. like the reports are less people are going to the cinema and all that kind of thing. But yeah, again, maybe. like you say, like if you were comparing it to the peak cinema sales, which was probably probably the 40s before tv came in where it was really yeah. really booming obviously like the take the box office takings never look as much but you have to adjust for inflation and all that um, yeah. I, mean, um, I mean a few people said to me oh we don't need the cinema because of netflix and amazon prime and all that but i think amazon prime netflix are um hitting tv more than they are the cinema yeah so, definitely I mean, definitely true um yeah. because i don't know about you but um, whether it says an Amazon original or a Netflix Prime, um, uh, like a Netflix original on a film, I always think, oh, it's probably not as good as a film that's gone to the cinema then, is it? Because otherwise exactly. it would have gone to the cinema. I don't know how true that is, but that's definitely how it seems. It feels that way to oh, me. Yeah. 
It's like I was looking at it as being a bit like a TV movie, uh, made yeah, or straight to straight to video. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> how I see it. It's a straight to video. Um, and I mean, so, uh, a film I'll talk about in a bit. So I watched last night is a made by a film company, an actor who twenty years ago would have had cinema releases and made lots of money. But time goes quickly, and if you look at say actors from the sixties who were big, come the eighties they weren't big anymore, so they were no. doing films like that. So, you know, things do change. And yeah, 20 years got... is a long time in, in sort of popular culture. It's a very long yeah. time, isn't it? I mean, Unless you can't read. Yeah. Unless you can't read, in which case you just seem to be in the same sorts of films, look basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, so with, with the cinema, I mean, it's frustrating for me because my social life, because my hours at work is I pay £18 a month and go and see whatever films I want. And I've had that for 20 years and I'll miss it. But... I can see why they have shut because what have they got to push? Well, that, uh, that's the, that is the thing in it. Like they might not be losing money now, but they're bound to start losing money because they haven't currently got the product. Yeah. It's I mean, the, a, I mean, I was looking forward to say Candyman and a few other films coming out that Halloween. Yes. Chances are these are probably being pushed back, but you know, um, the, the actual Halloween film, you know, the Jamie Lee Curtis one has been moved to next year. Are they going to put it out at Halloween next year, or are they just going to put it out? Well, this is year? what I don't get because I read somewhere that they were planning on doing a third instalment, and they were shooting a lot of it at the, third, at the same time. So uh, they're going to push two films back by year, or release two films the same year. I don't think they'll do that. No, no. but they've got to get them out soon because they've got these things sitting there. And they, they, big companies need to make their money to keep going. You know, they've still had to. They've still paid yeah. the crew and all the rest of it. But I mean, of course, like you got to remember, like Hollywood is an absolutely like massive. Like behemoth of an industry, and it'd take a, it'd take more than this year, to, yeah, yeah. to, to kill it off. Yeah, Not saying that it couldn't happen, but you know, you'd need a good yeah. few 2020s in a row. Oh, exactly, yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but there's the smaller films as well, you know. But like you say, you've got to pay everyone. Um, so I, I think, like, because, like I said, uh, like I said earlier, the, the, the films they can't be that worried about cinema as a, as a whole going under because. That these films would have come out, they wouldn't have yeah, pushed them back, yeah. especially pushed them back twice. Maybe a couple of the bigger chains you mentioned, they might have been in, a bit in trouble before. That's what they're they're worrying. They might not have been, you know, they haven't they said they hadn't met targets. They might not have been meeting targets anyway. So that's why there's extra extra worry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, like like you said, they they haven't really got any new films to push and. Um, I don't know what their access to old films is because, like, on one end, I want to say, but you have got, you know, like over a hundred years of films that you could choose from. But I don't know what the the copyright rules are and who owns what and how easy yeah. it is for them to get the rights to distribute, you know, to, to screen it at a given time and all that. I don't know. Um, it always seems like Cineworld in particular, when they want to do um, like sort of classic cinema night they often go to the same films that they've had on in previous years, which makes me think maybe they can only get so many. Yeah, or, or they know what works and stick to yeah, it. Yeah, um, it'd be a shame if that's the way, because like they could have stayed yeah. open and just had specific it's, seasons. They'd always, they'd I mean, always show, it's always been the Goonies and Lost Boys and yeah. things like that. I mean, um, I went to, and they, they used to at City World probably 10 years ago, a bit longer, do a classic cinema every week. And I remember they played Fletch once, and I love that film. There's only two of us in there. And then the next week was something like Goonies and it sold out. Yeah. Yeah. As we mentioned um, 
as mentioned not too long ago, you know, Goonies not really as good as people make it out to be. Like some, some other films of the era, especially. Um, Man's Monster Squad. That's what that is. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Goonies is bad. I really like it, but um, it almost feels like. There's people who remember it from their childhood and then people who just wish that they remembered it from their childhood <laughs> and but adopted it as their childhood film. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's definitely overrated. Don't get me wrong. Um, it is fun, but it's one that when I watch it now, it's just not as good as I remember it. So, um, yeah. yeah whereas whereas I've, the I've Monster Squad done. is, which is brilliant. Um, I was just going to mention, though, we, we mentioned Netflix and their films and the TV sort of side of it. The, the film I was talking about is um, Hubie Halloween. Have you heard of this? It's the new Adam Sandler film, but I only know this because um, I saw you post about it and I saw it come up on Netflix. Yeah, it, it came out yesterday. Um, 12 certificate, but it's a kid's film. It's typical Adam Sandler, though. It's a kid's film with so many jokes in it that you just hope kids don't understand. Yeah, or um, the ones that actually are 12, and that's the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly but it's, um, it's the same director as Little Nicky, um, Stephen Brill. Um, it's, it's after the success of his um, was it Uncut Gems, um, which he got lots of acclaim for in a serious role, but got snubbed by the Oscars because everyone was like, he deserves at least a nomination. Um, I don't know if you saw that film, um, but he was, he was bloody good in it. Um, he's just—he's gone back to just his um, Waterboy style Happy Gilmore humour, um, which I don't think would work in the cinema nowadays. Because, as I said earlier, it's twenty years ago, he was—I looked up the money he was making on these films back then, and they were raking it in. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it's very—I suppose it's obvious time. But what I really enjoyed about this film was, if you're a fan of his old stuff, and a lot of people—I know a lot of people who loved them at the time—and now. I say their shit. Um, what, even the water boy in Happy Gilmore? Because they're <laughs> yeah, just something. good comedies. I mean, I know he did put out, like, he became a bit of a factory kind of thing, didn't it? Where yeah, it be his yeah. Adam Sandler film, he plays this type of character, and that's that's going to be bad for anyone's career over time. Yeah. What, who's saying water boy's not good? That's, yeah, that's I've fucking heard hilarious. Some, <laughs> some customers today were saying that, and um, it was when I was trying to say get this film. But it, it's... um. Steve Buscemi's in loads of it, being crazy. You've got the Rob Schneider, and you've got he's got his mum, and it's, who's angry, you know, like in the Waterboy. It's all these elements, but it's a um, family Halloween film where a serial killer's escaped. So it's spoofing horror films as well, and it's just the jokes worked in this for me. And there's loads of cameos from other comedians, and he looks like he's having fun again as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a good time for people to start making comedy movies because honestly, like I don't want to watch another end of the world film. Do you want to see that at this no. fucking time? No, like, exactly. You don't go to the cinema to have all of your fears and anxieties, like just played yeah. back <laughs> yeah. unless, it, unless it is a horror film, but you know, I just, I don't want to see that right, right now. I would love to see just yeah. straight up comedy being made more often because we could do with a laugh at this point. Like yeah. cinema's got that responsible. Well, I don't, responsibility is not the right word, but the, that's the role that it plays for us. I think that's yeah, what people it, want it for. Entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? And I bought, even Adam Sandler's weaker films, I've found amusing. It's just that I think he does the same thing over and over, um, which he's doing in this, but it seems like there's been that gap since he's been that stupid. 
Yeah, he, he probably hasn't. Because he's he done films like Grown Ups, where he plays the dad, and in the way that Steve Martin changed from being the jerk to playing strange in automobiles. So Adam Sandler's back at being the almost Jerry Lewis type character he used to be. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's helped by he's he's co-written the script, which I don't think he's done lately, to my knowledge. Um, and it's just nice to see that dopey comedy. I'm sure it will get slated and people say I'm wrong and whatever. But yeah, last night I, I got back from, I'd worked a bit and then it was my last cinema trip for a few months. And I saw this was, this was out and I'm like, you know what? I just want to laugh. And I did. So, um, boxes ticked for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it, we've talked a lot about how strange it is that comedy doesn't get made now. And it doesn't, and people will say that it does, but then when you look at it, it's go, none of these are just comedies. They're always action comedies or whatever. You know, it's always lots of genres mixed together and yeah. there's bits that are meant to make you laugh, but they're not straight up comedy films. And I find it really, really strange that that's, that that's what's happened. I don't know that it's a, the case that there's less appetite for it either. Um, I think you always hear people saying they never make any good comedies anymore they might be talking about tv as well as film but I mean, people say say that sort of thing and they like they do want it to be there but at the same time is like they make more of what you pay to watch <laughs> so yeah. um you, you probably yeah. didn't probably didn't go and see them and that's that's why they're not making them but I, I i'm not that... i never i'm never sure why that is i mean adam sandler would be one of the people that you could point to but i don't think he didn't do anything that any other big comedy actor in Hollywood would have done. No, and and also so. he's, he's helped so many other comedians careers, you know, he, he made the happy Madison production company, which Rob Schneider's films, things like the hot chick, which are all big hits, you know, 20 years ago, they wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for Adam Sandler. No, um, but he's an easy target. And I think people are too critical on comedy. You know, if I watch a comedy film, it makes me laugh. It's it's one. It's well, it has job. it has such a things that like neither of us like Mrs. Brown's boys think it's shite, and that's because <laughs> it doesn't make me laugh. Yeah, for yeah. the people that it does. Well, yeah. of course, it's a good comedy. It made them laugh. That's what it was supposed to do. It wasn't meant to do yeah. anything else. So yeah, you're right. That's the only measure of a comedy. Like, and I think it's fair to say that like, if if it, I think we've talked about this before, and we couldn't we couldn't decide. And what the amount of times a comedy film has to make you laugh for it to really be a comedy, at least in your eyes, would be. Yeah. But, but like, first, I've first seen straight. films that are definitely billed as comedies, which have made me laugh, like, say, less than three times, like maybe t maybe once, maybe twice in the movie. Yeah. Um, I guess they're still comedies, aren't they? But maybe not good ones. But it's That's just such I mean, a, there's probably nothing more subjective than comedy, though, is there? It's, yeah, I mean, when you look at a comedy, if you say look at Annie Hall, which is a comedy... And then airplane, totally they're, they're to, you know totally different. But then a lot of the, the comedies where it's not out and out laughs are comedy dramas or satires. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, like a, a comedy which is a spoof. I, I see as a film like Race and Saddles Airplane, where you should be laughing constantly. Um, and then yeah. that, that you know, so there's there's like, like you said before, nothing's a straight comedy, so. Nowadays, because there's different genres of it, so uh, you know, yeah, that's a good so different styles of comedies you'll be laughing at more. If I'm watching a sitcom, I won't be laughing constantly because it's a sitcom. You know? um, yeah, and that's different for movies. 
But where's the last? Nobody goes to, to cinema or look on Netflix or whatever. And you, it says the genre. I can't think of the last time I've just seen one that says the word comedy. No, that sort of annoys me as well because it'll it'll say something like on Netflix it'll be like it'll use words like irreverent. And like, <laughs> yeah. Just just have a fucking comedy section and put all your comedies in it, and a horror section and put all your horrors in it. Stop trying to yeah. guess my mood and work out <laughs> my psychology and all that. Cause I don't even know what I fucking want to watch. How are you going to know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to see if, it, if that Adam Sandler film has got a different subtext other than um, comedy. Because I bet it has. It'll probably say... It uh, doesn't say anything, but doesn't even say comedy. It's like, yeah. just, I, don't, I really think it's a bit of a misstep. I think people would appreciate it if they just... Yeah started making more oh, of them. I mean, obviously you can't please everybody with a comedy. Yeah. And I think that's why they don't make them because everything's made to try to please everybody, regardless of background and culture or, you know, geographical location, whatever country in the world you have to be able to understand the movie. And I don't think it's been a good thing really. No. Like, it's something that I blame the Marvel films for more than any other franchise. Um, Although, again, it's like it is unfair to single any one thing out because it's just what Hollywood has done. Um, yeah. To like with the global, they make a lot, they make these movies for China as much as they make them for the US and like Europe now. Yeah. Um, and that's partly why, because a lot of stuff like with comedy being so subjective is that like it's easy for, say, something made in the UK that people think is hilarious to be lost even in another English speaking country. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's probably why it is. But again, sort of in an attempt to survive on the terms that they've set, which is we have to make more profit this year than we did last year and every year ongoing, that they're going to, it's going to eat itself like that because you're just going to, people are going to stop going because you end up putting out things that end up meaning less to people. Like yeah. you're not going to please everybody with a comedy movie, but the people that you did are going to take that film like, take that on and and want to watch it again for, for years to come. And you, I don't think they're, they're just not making as many films like that now because no, they're trying to please too many people at once. Uh, um, good, sort good of self-defeating, sort of, I think. A good sort of straight comedy that, you know, a film, like if, like we said, for a PG certificate comedy or even something like Airplane, it's probably a 12 now. It's quite hard to hate these films. Do you know what I mean? Because... Um, you know, likable things. How many people do you know who, let's say, dislikes Blazing Saddles or like well, Brian? You know, well, I know. mean, I have met people who don't like Monty Python. Probably not Blazing Saddles, though. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it doesn't make any sense to me when people don't like Monty Python because it's exactly my sense of humour. So yeah. ever since I first saw it as a little kid, I thought it was the funniest, the funniest thing. <laughs> and, yeah. And I've never, I've never thought differently. I mean, the, the Python film, films... Uh, some of the only comedies that make me laugh the same amount every time I put them on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd say, in my opinion, there isn't a funnier film than Life of Brian. It's definitely hard to beat, but yeah. yeah. It's... Um, so, but then that was sort of subjective, but I, I tend, I've been called as comedy snob in the past because I don't like a few things like Mrs. Brown's Boys, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm on here telling people the new Adam Sandler film's good and I'm championing his film so I'm hardly a comedy snob um I just no, I mean the trouble the trouble with Mrs Brown's boys is it all depends how funny you find the word feck doesn't it if you yeah. don't find that word particularly funny then there's hardly anything in it <laughs> beyond yeah, that well, it, <laughs> it was it's, 
it was funny when Father Ted used it to better comical effect. Yeah. Fifteen years before it. Um, but I think it's because things like Mrs. Brown I've seen done too too many times before and better. That's Which why is why people, the people that like it, they'll usually say, "Well, it reminds me of the comedies that you used to have in the seventies." Yeah. And you end up thinking like they were mostly shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Shit and often just offensive. Like there's the ones that always get picked up from the seventies and held up as an example of offensive comedy for the seventies, where it, like the Alf Garnet stuff where we've talked about in the past, they were just kind of he was the joke and it wasn't really as bad as all of that. Whereas so the ones that people don't remember from the seventies um, that nobody really talks about. They were the really bad ones. And that's yeah. sort of why they've been left well, there's, there. There's, there's a reason you know, certain things aren't talked about. I mean, in the 70s, well, the highest rated TV thing on the BBC was the Black and White Minstrel show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, you do get people like to try and defend that these days. It was not too long ago, so also ago. I mean, Lady Henry was one that was like, yeah, if we, I imagine if we were to talk to him about acting and. Um, performing opportunities for people in this position at the time there probably weren't yeah. many were there <laughs> um, um, strange to say i'm actually reading um lenny henry's biography at the moment he focuses on his early career and no he he doesn't speak well of it he speaks well of the people he was working with the other because they, they were there as their job yeah but the whole situation you know he he was young needed work and they took advantage of him because it was like, oh, look, we're not racist. We've got a black fella. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's the thing. And the, the fact that that still gets done to this day is, is amazing. When yeah. it's like, especially for those people, it seems to be irrelevant what the person that they're holding up as an example thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the inconvenient bit. So we'll leave that out. It doesn't, it doesn't fit the narrative we're trying to paint. But. And I'm not saying that Mrs. Round's Boys is racist, but like, and, or, or even that I think it's like problematic to try and hark back to 70s comedy. I just sort of go, why though? Like, why not just watch them brilliant comedies that you say are the best and nothing's ever been better again? Because, yeah. like I said, with a comedy, if it really makes you laugh, it will just keep making you laugh. Like, my favorite comedies, I always go back to Red for TV. It'd be like Red Dwarf's one I always go back to, and it still makes me laugh as much now as it did when I was six. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a few minutes I mentioned Father Ted, and recently I really like um, Taste of London. I, I've watched that over and over, which I used to do things as a kid. And Kirby Enthusiasm is, just makes me laugh, and that's the point, like we were saying before. So, if people like Mrs. Brown's Boys, good on them, but uh, often they're, they're people who will watch, and this sounds snobby, but people who watch mainstream TV, if it's on BBC One, they'll watch it. Yeah, whatever time, it is. And that time slot is like, you know, things like Dinner Ladies were on at that time. Everyone watched it. Um, Bigger Dibley. It's, in, it's been put in that time slot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the difference there is like Dinner Ladies is like as much as that's a really good example, though, because I think it probably appeals to a lot of the same audience. And I think they'd probably see a lot of sort of nostalgia for sort of older times and different attitudes and stuff like that. But Dinner Ladies is really, really well written, despite the yeah, fact yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that typical sitcom format. Every yeah. line is really, really good in that. And if it's not a joke, it's leading to a joke, that'll be funnier. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, they're really relatable characters and, and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, it's but nothing it's, like that. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just more like, but it was in that time slot. And I think if Dinner Ladies had gone out on BBC Two in midweek, right, say Bottom did, um, it wouldn't have been the huge hit it was. It would have been a, more of a cult comedy. Yeah. 
So, you yeah. know, and it's a lot of it. It's been like, um, yeah, I don't go on too much about this, but certain things like, well, which are forgotten, like, I, so I mentioned to someone, you know, about an old sitcom called So Haunt Me, um, which was on BBC One in the 90s, which got massive figures. Yeah, the ratings were great on it. It just simply wasn't that good, but it didn't have much competition when it was on. So and almost forgotten. totally forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's one of them things, though, isn't it? Like, um, the ratings of the here and now don't necessarily translate to, like, longevity later on. Same with box office takings as well. I mean, a good yeah. example on the other side of that would be how well Firefly did as a TV series and um, the film Serenity and all that and the, the massive fandom that's got around it that's yeah. really fanatic and re- really dedicated and has been ever since it was on. And it totally flopped because they broadcast the episodes in the wrong order. So people stopped watching it because it made no sense. And yeah. they just cancelled it midway through. And, and, and so that was that. Um, so obviously, you know, it couldn't, couldn't have gone worse for it when it aired on TV. And yet here it is still well, a ridiculously at, um, popular thing. It's um, a wonderful life. Whereas, whereas this, this, this show that you're on about, you had really good ratings and... Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've probably know, watched it even. You probably would have. But I mean, look, look at um, It's a Wonderful Life. That flopped because it wasn't released at Christmas. Hocus Pocus flopped because it wasn't released at Halloween. I mean, Hocus, yeah. po- Hocus Pocus is another one that like, is probably more popular now than it was when it came out by a long it's a, way. Look. It's, you know, they released it in like March, didn't they? Yeah, it and, it's, um, and it's just, I think it's just been on a sort of another run at cinemas and I read a thing saying it, it was it had actually taken more at the box office than anything else in that in, 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 in that America, period. yeah, at the moment. Ah, in America, it's, yeah. it's number one or two in the box office. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think we've sort of gone on a bit now. But um, oh, should we? Are we doing another one next week? We, yeah, we've got, um, I we've think got, we're moving on to the Mel Brooks Gene Wilder mashup because we were going to do them <laughs> separate. We're going to do them together now because there's yeah. enough She's crossover that they can be done at the yeah. same time. It's, it's one we've been talking about doing for a very long time. I remember we we were going to do a Gene actual Wilder years. one year. Yeah. Probably be, before, <laughs> actual before, years. Before, before he died, we were actually going to do it, weren't we? Yeah. Um, so it's um, a but also, for another future episode, you, you had a brilliant idea about a sort of sub-genre of horror, which I'd need to get on. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, at some point in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to mention this now because yeah. I kind of, like, I'd, I'd always wanted to see the film Deathbed, The Bed That Eats People. Um, this is because the comedian Patton Oswalt was talking about it in one of his stand-up shows. And he was saying that whenever he's struggling with a project or he's losing confidence in his abilities in, at writing and stuff like that, he remembers... The, the people who came up with Deathbed, the bed that eats people, saw that shit through to the end. <laughs> they didn't give up on that. And it is the, yeah. I have never seen, I mean, it's, I, I, I can't say I've never seen a film that's as bizarre or just generally weird because I've seen Troll 2 and, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> no I end of films. Troll 2. Uh, the Killing yeah. of Satan and all of these, like, you know, we've, we've seen between us plenty of really, really bizarre films that are, accidentally more bizarre than they meant to be deathbed's yeah. one of them but while I, I saw it was on prime and i thought brilliant but then it came up with a film from last year called killer sofa yeah i remember I thought, that coming out and i thought hang on there's probably been other films that that are uh, centered around furniture that kills you <laughs> and then yeah. we had to look into it and there were a few so it's one thing that i would like to ask anybody who listens to the podcast to if you know of um killer furniture horror movies that aren't killer sofa or the deathbed that 
uh, deathbed the bed that eats people. Um, let us know, and we'll look into those and talk about them because I want to do yeah. an episode on um, on the killer furniture subgenre of horror because that's not it is. A, it, it, I think there's enough films there that it counts as a subgenre, but nobody ever talks about it. So no, I mean, I that's where I mentioned it while we were recording, so that, that we have to do it. Yes. Yeah, we've put it out there now, and it's motivation for me to get hold of these films and watch them as well. Yeah, um, but those two are definitely on Prime, uh, included in Prime as well, so you can watch those two for free. I have no idea why Deathbed has suddenly appeared on Prime, um, because I'd honestly, I look for films like that, and I'd only heard of it through Pat and Oswald talking about it. Um, so when I did finally get to see it, it's brilliant. Like, I, I would just say that the way that it eats people is they haven't got the budget to make it actually eat people. I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> so they go about it. They've got their own way of showing that it's eating people and things, and it makes no sense, but it looks really, really weird. So it's, it's worth watching if you like your, your trash that's also fucking bizarre, because it really is. It really is. Um, it plays it. It's sort of, it's half comedy. There's bits that are de- definitely meant to make you laugh, like the... Um, the, the bed has to take some like a Gaviscon type stuff at one point because it, it's eating something that didn't agree with it. So it's de- definite comedy, like definite comedy bits, but it's also got these bits where it's just completely serious. Like there's a posh English bloke who lives in a painting and he narrates the whole thing in a very serious way, which just makes it even funnier. So I look forward to talking about those ones. But like I said, if anybody knows of any other killer furniture films, we can look into for that one and let us know because I'm yeah. sure. There are way more than I've found a few. I reckon yeah. there's probably loads if you start looking. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get to talk about some newer films again because at some point, that, you know, <laughs> there's always um, we could always start looking at the ones that are being put out, like we said on yeah. Netflix and Prime made made for the platforms. Yeah. Not, that some of them have been pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that some of the films that were supposed to get cinema releases, the smaller films, will. Either still go to the cinema because not all cinemas are, are closed, or um, you know you can pay to rent them. You know, two quid. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, they can't just sort of keep putting them back forever. They're going to have to put them out there sooner or later. Um, so we'll see. We'll see on that. Yeah. Because <laughs> who knows? Cineworld don't know how long they're going to be closed for, do they? No. Yeah. But definitely, what they mentioned knock-on effect of this. I mean. I know for a fact, um, it's not announced yet, but one of the restaurants near Cineworld is now not opening because... Because Cineworld's not going to be open. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Because yeah. that, I mean, for them, it's a d- different thing as well, because that would be a lot of their custom, wouldn't it? And if yeah. the cinema's not open, they're just not there. So Yeah, and then I, I only use their restaurants there when I'm down the cinema. I yeah. Get it, so. yeah same. No, because they're just a sort of chain restaurants that you get on those yeah. little... Little sites like that, they'll put a cinema or a bowling alley. Yeah. Maybe even both in some places, who knows? Yeah. And 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 at least a Frankie and Benny's and things like sure. that. <laughs> yeah, well Frankie and Benny's is gone. That's one more stone from Ipswich. Um it's weird, that, it's weird. Yeah, I mean you just don't know what's gonna be open or anything, do you? Uh, whatever, um, whatever's going on. But so, yeah, so. who knows? It, I think they're aiming at everything being sort of back on next year. And yes. the trouble is, so much of that depends on what we do this year, as to whether that will be the case or not. And um, 
it's not looking good at the minute. So we'll just have to wait and see. I did hear that they're making progress with a vaccine and that's the only good news on COVID really. Um, so, oh, and they think it'll be able to, it will be able to just be one vaccine and not lots of regular sort of, uh, you know, not an annual thing. Maybe you'll just be able to have one now. Hasn't mutated as much as they thought. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Try to end the, end the podcast on a high note. Something positive and happy. Well, that was quite positive. It might be. I mean, film related, <laughs> TV related. Uh. Um, well, we've got bugger all to look forward to at the cinema, so we can't have that. Um, yeah. I suppose, uh, in a positive way, <laughs> Bond is now yet. That's, that's, know it's that's, a, it's, if if we've any luck, they'll keep putting it back so long that they'll just have to cancel it outright and there won't be yeah. any. But that's the thing, because <laughs> there's been so few films out, I'd have probably ended up going to see it. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been to the cinema to see James Bond, more than one James Bond film, yeah, and I've got no interest in James Bond at all. So how yeah. I, I managed to do it even once is is beyond me, but yeah, at least twice of the Piers yeah. Brosnan ones I saw. I think I saw one of the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah, <laughs> they, all, they just always feel like exactly the same film to me. I, can't, yeah. I mean, I know I'm not paying enough attention and that's not really fair, but like, for some reason I like Goldfinger. Never been able to work that well, out because I like the Roger Moore ones because they're just a bit naff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always worth looking at as a kind of it, James Bond almost gets left out of the whole sort of nerd thing, but they are some of the biggest nerds going, aren't they? Yeah, James but Bond they're all the same sort of people who watch Top Gear. Yeah, so they probably don't want it to be included in that, and we don't yeah. really want them either. <laughs> but, but you know, really, yeah. they're the same, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Stop getting Bond wrong. Yeah. yeah. So that is Alan Partridge is the ultimate James Bond fan. Right. Yeah, that is the end of episode 45. We'll be back next week with episode 46. Um, we're now available on... Does anybody use anything other than Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts? Apparently there's loads of them that I've never heard of, and some people listen to us on there now. <laughs> so welcome to you. Um, you are able to send us messages via Anchor, it turns out. So if you feel the need, um, and then you, you know how to do that, then please feel free. We'll, like, what I can say is if you did do that, you would 100% be guaranteed to be included in the podcast because it's not like it's ever happened before. <laughs> you can leave like, voice messages can't you yeah that's what I'm saying so if you do that we will definitely use it um, <laughs> it, it, it would help us out really uh, yeah. to, to and don't forget you can still contact us through our Facebook page there is still a Facebook page it's Film School Dropouts on Facebook uh, it's Film School Dropouts on Spotify it is the one with the street trash picture if you're looking for us there's a, someone else has got that but our podcast older than that one so, but didn't um, you say that the other ones drop out, not drop outs? It is drop out, not drop outs, yeah. So you want yeah. drop outs, plural. Plus, <laughs> I just think it's important to say we, 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 we've been around for a, a good sort of three yeah. years more than them. They are, the, <laughs> they are the, the Wayne's World to us, the Bill and Ted, who have been around before. Yeah, the, the, the OG uh, film school dropouts, this one. So, yeah. If anybody's suing anyone, it's us. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right hopefully you'll join us again for that one next week hope to hear from you in the meantime don't expect we will but it'll be lovely and um thanks for listening bye there's no escaping here not even supposed to be here today he gets up 
We'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. I'm a trained actor reduced to the space of a bounce. 